0: First in the morning, SAFM Sunrise with Stephen Grotes. 22 after 7. Good morning. Well, in Parliament the National Council of Provinces is still considering the NHI bill, which would see everyone being able to be treated at every hospital rather than the system we have now with government hospitals and private hospitals. But government also going through the process of removing the medical aid tax credit as I understand it, which means people who have medical aids won't be able to write off the contributions they make to medical aids in their tax return. And all of this leads to questions about the role of medical aids in the future dr katlego motudi is the managing director of the board of healthcare funders i suppose you would say he represents medical aid sort of dr motudi good morning good morning steven obviously government wants your role to be reduced i mean it certainly looks like that to me we see huge political pressure from government to introduce the nhi from as things stand at the moment do you think there's still going to be a big role for medical aids in the future or is it going to be reduced dramatically
1: yeah, the, the bill is uh, uh, intentional about the role of schemes. It does say in certain sections that once the NHI is fully uh, implemented, schemes b- will be reduced to providing what they call complementary cover. Um, we don't quite know how that is defined because uh, we, we're not sure of what the benefits would be uh, provided. But from our assessment, the role of medical schemes will be greatly reduced.
0: Do you believe you've been treated unfairly by government here or the people on medical schemes? are they being treated unfairly? Um,
1: from from our legal analysis, uh, I think the the steps taken to uh, to exclude schemes, uh, there are many pundits who believe that it actually is unconstitutional more than being unfair. The reason is that uh, you would actually be uh, reducing access and this is based on that. Currently, schemes are providing um, additional access to healthcare services to about 9 million people. If you remove uh, schemes from participating in the NHI environment, it means that um, all all these people must now seek uh, healthcare services from the private sector. We know that the private sector is already overburdened, so by, 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 by extension you are actually re- reducing access not just to people who are on medical schemes but also to the general population because uh, everybody must now uh, feed from the same trough with already strained uh, uh, services from uh, infrastructural perspective uh, medicines as well as the, the health workforce that is involved so um, it, it can be deemed to be that um, uh, in that
0: way i mean sure i mean the other way of looking at it and dr Matudi you'll know all of these arguments that go in many directions is at the moment the poor are excluded and why should uh, the rich get better health care than the poor and i'm sure that's an argument that you have a counter for
1: yeah the the so we are aware that government does not have uh, unlimited resources. And even section 27 of the constitution says that um, there will be access to healthcare service to the extent that it's affordable to uh, the government. Now, medical aid schemes are already uh, participating in the healthcare system. Secondly, there's been other uh, interventions by the private sector to assist government to help those people who cannot afford medical cover through interventions like um, the low cost benefit options or primary care covers. It is in our estimation that an additional 10 to maybe even 20 million people could be taken under the wing of these services. So it's not it's not a matter of being elitist. Uh, firstly, those very people who are paying for medical schemes do pay taxes, and the majority of the taxes actually come from those people, to actually support uh, government to uh, provide healthcare services. Um, So um, we see it more as a partnership. We don't think that government should reduce the the pool to a single fund that is under its control. We can still regulate it under a uh, Mm -hmm. a, multi-funder purpose. And I think we saw that example during uh, COVID, Mm -hmm. where you could not see a difference. Mm between the various sectors uh, did not matter who was paying for the healthcare, but you got the same service
0: and um, there's another thing that's uh, happening at the moment dr motudi i'm sure you're aware around the road accident fund and the road accident fund for decades uh, would reimburse medical aids when medical aids paid for the treatment of people in road accidents now the ceo of the road accident fund Collins let swallows refusing to do that and in fact um, the interpretation I think most people see of the latest constitutional court ruling is that the road fund must continue that practice of reimbursing medical aids but he has refused to do that Discovery is taking him back to court they say he's guilty of contempt of court how do you see this? should the road accident fund be reimbursing medical aids?
1: It, it's the same argument that we've uh, uh, just had that um, those people who are on medical aid are part of the general population they also pay uh, uh, fuel levies Now, if you are going to exclude them uh, on the notion that they already have cover, you are actually uh, uh, biased. Actually, uh, uh, they are prejudiced. Um, So we are actually aligned with the ruling of the courts to say that uh, um, they should continue cover. In fact, we have submitted uh, to the, the proposed amendments that there shouldn't be an exclusion of, of certain sectors of the population. Everybody else who has been enjoying coverage um, uh, should continue. The fact that you have a medical aid does not mean that mm-hmm. um, you, you, you are not part of the population or contributing to the other uh, monetary requirements to, to support the, the Rolexian Fund.
0: Thank you very much indeed. Dr. Katlech is the Managing Director of the Board of Healthcare Funders, 28 After 7.